Cat walked to Sudi's office. T-Man and a young Hispanic man were seated in the leather visitor's couch. Grab a seat, Sudi said. Before sitting, Cat turned to the couch. He extended his hand to Emilio. I'm Clarence Touchette. You must be Emilio. Yes, sir, I am. Glad to meet you. Same here. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, said Cat. Not a problem, the young man said with hardly an accent. Tio Rubin, that's my uncle, is anxious to speak with you. He is not very happy at that camp. I can appreciate that. That damn place looks more like a prison than a place to live. He should be calling any minute, said Emilio. He doesn't speak real good English, so I'll interpret if that's okay with everyone. That's great, said Sudi. You have a speakerphone capability on your cell? I do, Emilio replied. The group heard a knock and a loud voice from the reception area. Pizza's here, the delivery man shouted. Sudi had the pizza and drinks brought into his office, and they ate around the coffee table. Emilio's cell phone rang. He put a slice of pizza down, checked the caller ID, and answered. Hey, Tio, how are you? He asked in Spanish. He turned the speakerphone on and set it down on the desk. Can you hear me, Tio? He asked his uncle in Spanish. The uncle answered affirmatively, and Emilio explained again that he would interpret for the group. He told his uncle the names of the people present, then spoke to the group in English. This is Tio Ruben Herrera, my mother's brother. He says he's very glad to meet all of you, but we must get our business done quickly. He does not want to get caught and have his cell phone taken away. Good. Mr. Herrera, what in hell is going on with Gulf Coast labor and all of you workers? Cat asked. Emilio interpreted his question for his uncle. Please call me Ruben. It is rather strange, not at all like I thought it would be once I got here. We are so restricted from doing anything, and they charge us for everything. When I get my pay, I hardly have anything left after they take out for what they say I owe. They charge us for tequila they give us in the evening, even if we don't want it or don't drink it. That sucks, Sudi said. Why do you let them get away with that? There are enough of you to overrun the camp if you wanted to. Some of the workers are here illegally, so they don't want to cause trouble. I have papers, but they treat us all the same. And I think if those who have papers would do something, the illegals would side with the company and fight us. It's very hard. Where did you get hired? Cat asked. In Mexico. We agreed to pay 5,000 American dollars to them for passage and the guarantee of a job. I gave them a down payment of $1,000, and they said I could pay the balance out of my paycheck, but I don't have enough left after all the charges, and my debt increases every week because of the interest. Cat looked at Sudi who had straightened in his chair and was leaning forward with his elbows on his desk. "'So how did you get here?' Cat asked, but he thought he already knew the answer. "'We were brought out to the docks on the east coast of Mexico, put on a boat, and brought far out into the gulf in the middle of the night. Then we were put on another boat, which stopped at an oil rig in the gulf and picked up a bunch of workers. Then the boat brought us here.' Sudi took in a sharp breath and let it out slowly through his teeth. Was the boat that brought you here from the Gulf the Falcon? Sudi asked. See, the Falcon. A man with a red beard was the driver of the boat, and two other men were like police. They made us put our duffel bags in a pile in the pilot house and stay in the passenger lounge. I saw one of them go through some of the bags and put something in the bag. You mean take something out? Sudi corrected.
No, senor. Put something in the bag. Cat and Suri glanced at each other simultaneously. Cat saw the worry on Suri's brow. Did you ever hear them talk about what they put in the bags? Emilio interpreted the question asked by Cat. No, but when we get on the bus, we have to do the same thing with our duffel bag. Throw it in a pile in back of the bus. Then when we get here to the yard, we get off the bus and wait for our bag while Bart Rodriguez goes through them. He says he is checking for firearms or drugs, which are not allowed. And I see him remove the same packages that the two men on the boat put in the bag. Bart takes the packages away and nobody knows what was in them. But I think I know. Yeah, so do I, said Cat.